What is up, NCC? Good morning. Man, I am so excited, pumped to be here with you today. I'm just coming off of a month-long sabbatical. I haven't preached in a month, so I am ready to preach today. How many ready to preach with me today? The first service is kind of with me. How about the second service? Come on, can I hear you? I'm so pumped to be here, and yet before we get into the message, I just want to say this, man, I love, 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 love your pastors. Come on, can we just give a big hand? Pastor Aaron and Sarah, man, these guys are so amazing. Some of the hardest working people that I know, and I just want to just brag on them for just a minute. I just want to tell you guys here at NCC, you may not know it, but you are spoiled. I am just telling you, because not every pastor and his wife work as hard and are as as amazing as these guys are, and I love being their friend, love to get to come, that they trusted me to come and speak a little bit today, and then how about it for the NCC staff? Come on, give these guys a big hand. They work so hard behind the scenes, making all this stuff happen and flow so smoothly. And then all of you guys, I mean, you're here on a summer Sunday morning. I saw they even had to bring in extra chairs today because so many of you showed up in the middle of the summer. Come on, that's pretty good. I think you give yourselves a hand. And I'm just excited to be here. Now, I know some of you are going like, who in the world is this guy here? I don't know who this guy is. Where's Pastor Aaron? I mean, are we stuck with this guy? Pastor Aaron's got better hair than that guy, that's for sure. And I'll just say, hey, you're stuck with me here today. Pastor Aaron will be back in a couple of weeks. My name is Chad Benson, and I am the lead pastor of a great church in a town called Burleson. How many know where Burleson is? Just on the really on the complete opposite side of the metro. Metroplex from you guys, and uh, I'm the lead pastor there. Been there 13 years. We actually planted the church uh, 13 years ago in September, and uh, God's doing a great work there as well as today. I'm so thrilled that I have my amazing wife with me today. Come on, can we give a hand for my wife sitting here on the front row? We've been married for 20 years. I know you think I don't look that old, but we got married when we were 11, all right? And so uh, anyway, we've been married 20 years. We work together. She is a co-pastor, the executive pastor at our church who really just kind of makes things happen, and it's just uh, an honor to have her here. And then I have a, a wonderful family. I have three kids. I have two teenage daughters. My oldest daughter, Briley, who is 16. You can see here uh, her up there on the right, and then my other daughter, uh, Addie, who uh, just turned 15, they're not here with me today because they are on actually a missions trip right now. Just left yesterday uh, to go on a missions trip to Jamaica. So y'all pray for them if you if you think about it. And then I have a son who is three and a half years old. He was kind of a surprise to us uh, a few years ago. And I know some of you are saying, well, you know, Pastor, you know what causes that. And yes, I do know what causes that. I just wasn't willing to give it up. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. And he has been just the joy uh, of our lives. And together we are the Bensons. Brought another picture of us. We just had a trip, just got back a couple weeks ago from Disneyland. Anybody ever been to Disneyland before? And we just had so much fun there. My little three and a half year old ran around. I mean, if you ask him after service, you could ask him, what was your favorite ride? And he'll say either Star Wars or all the wides. He just likes all the wides. I want to go back. In fact, he said, he said a couple of days ago, daddy, when can we go back to Disneyland? You know, and I'm like, when we get a whole lot more money, how many, you know what I'm saying on that? And I'm just thrilled to be here. You guys have been doing a series called at the 
the movies, and what a fun series to be able to be a part of as we get to talk about some of our favorite movies and yet find some really good truths in these movies. And today, I get to talk to you about one of my favorite movies, a movie called Toy Story Three. Now let's do a little survey all over the room here. Help me out today. How many of you have seen Toy Story 3? Come on, raise your hand. All right, that's pretty much everybody. Put it down. How many of you have seen Toy Story 3 more than once? Raise your hand, more than once. How many of you have seen Toy Story 3 4,372 times? All the parents of toddlers in the house are raising their hand. That's about how many times I have seen it because, I, as I said, I have a three-and-a-half-year-old son. Now, I know there is a new one that just came out, Toy Story 4. How many have seen Toy Story 4? Raise your hand. Uh, we, I'd like to see it. Haven't seen it yet. Only reason we hadn't seen it is because we can't afford to go see it because we just got back from Disneyland, you know what I'm saying? But today I want to talk about Toy Story 3. I love these Toy Story movies. I loved all the characters. I love Woody and Buzz and Slinky Dog. And yet, in the middle of all the fun of the movies, there's some pretty powerful themes. In fact, in Toy Story 3, we see a theme that, that we're going to talk about today that, that maybe some of you are dealing with. It's one that we all struggle with at times in our life. It's this idea of ownership. Everybody say ownership. Who owns me? Who do I belong to? Who am I? But not just who am I, but whose am I? And this is the struggle that Woody and Buzz and all the toys in the story are struggling with in this great movie. In fact, in this first scene, let me just, let me just set it up for you. Here we, we got Andy, who, who is the owner of the toys, and yet Andy's getting, getting a little older, and he's about to go off to college, and he loves the toys, and yet he's kind of outgrown the toys, and so he, he takes the toys, he puts them in a box to put them away in storage and save them for later, but in the middle of all that, some mishaps kind of happen like happen in these movies, and Woody and Buzz and the rest of the toys find themselves, instead of being in the box for the attic, they find themselves in a bag to be donated to the local daycare, and they get to the Sunnyside daycare, and they meet a guy named Lotso. How many remember Lotso, the hugging bear? And Lotso takes him on a tour of the facility, and he says some pretty important things that set up the story. Why don't you check it out on the screens? Did you catch those words at the beginning of the scene? He said, we don't need owners. We don't have anybody who controls us here at Sunnyside. We're the masters of our own fate. We control our own lives. And isn't that how so many people live in this day and age that we live in here today? So many who say, nobody owns me. I can live my life the way that I want to live my life. I can do things my way. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. In fact, this is the way a lot of people live in our culture today. We have this idea that if I can make my own decisions, if I can make my own rules, if I can do my own thing, then I'll be satisfied and happy and we live that way and for a while it satisfies us until it doesn't and we wake up one day lives broken and beat up and all alone and we realize there must be more to it than just that in fact that's the lesson that the toys learned in the story check it out the toys thought man we can live our own life 
do our own thing the way we want to do it, and it'll be great, but it wasn't as great as they thought. It didn't end up the way that they expected it to end up. And, and isn't this kind of a familiar scene in our world today? So many people who think, I can live my life. I'm the ruler of my life, and it will be great. And then one day wake up, and it wasn't what they expected it to be. In fact, it reminds me of a story that Jesus tells, a parable in Luke chapter 15 about a man who had two sons. And his youngest son came to him and said, Dad, I want my inheritance now. I don't want to live under your ownership, under your house. I want to do what I want and live how I want. Give me my money so I can do my own thing. And Jesus said that the father loved the son and he loved him enough that, that he allowed him to go his own way. And the Bible says that the son, he went off to a foreign land and he lived the way that he wanted to live. And he spent the money and he had the parties and he had the friends and he had the wildlife doing what he wanted to do. And all was great until the money ran out. And when the money ran out, so did the friends. And finally the Bible says he wakes up one day and finds himself in the midst of a pit, in a pen with pigs, just wondering, is there anybody out there? Is there anyone who cares for me? And what was the problem for the man in the story? What was the problem for the toys in the story? What is the problem for so many of us? It all comes down to this one issue, an issue of ownership. Not just who am I, but whose am I? Who do I belong to? Who am I living my life for? And this was an issue that, that in the story Woody understood better than all the other toys. That Woody brings the toys around and says, guys, we don't live for ourselves. We live for Andy. We belong to him. We were created for a relationship with him. Check it out. Woody gets it. Woody says, man, we don't exist for ourselves. We exist for Andy. This is the reason we were created. And can I tell you here today, you don't exist for yourself. You were created by a God who loves you. Just as, Andy, just as Woody said, Andy has written his name on us. I'm telling you, God has sent his son to die on a cross so that his name could be written upon your heart. And the only way to find true contentment and happiness in your life is to come to a place where you settle it once and for all. Who am I living for? There are some of you that are here today and you're struggling with this issue. Because you've been trying to live your own life and do your own thing. And it hasn't turned out the way that you thought that it would. Today, I just want to give you just three things today. If you're taking notes, you can write these down. That will make the difference in your life. If, if you're taking notes, number one, I want you to write this down. You've you got to settle the issue. Everybody say, settle the issue. you got to settle the issue. you got to settle it in your heart right now. Whose am I? Who do I belong to? Who am I living for? In fact, Paul talks about this in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse number 19. I want you to see what it says. It says, don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? Now, everybody say these words with me out loud. 
You do not belong to yourself. Come on, say it aloud, not a soft. All right, here we go. You do not belong to yourself. For God did what? He bought you with a high price. So you must honor God with your body. Paul says, hey guys, you got to settle it deep down inside your heart. You don't belong to yourself. Your life is not your own. God has written his name upon your heart. He gave his son Jesus to pay the price for you. And you now belong to him. You got to settle it in your heart. And most of us, man, we don't want to settle that in our heart. Because here's what we want. Like, here's what we want options. You know what I'm saying? Like I want to have choices. Like I kind of want to give part of my life to God, but I also kind of want to keep my options open. In fact, it reminds me of my son. He's three and a half years old, and he likes to watch uh, YouTube videos. Come on, how many you know what I'm saying? All the parents of the little ones in the house. I know this may not be good parenting, but that's a whole other sermon for another day, right? We let him watch YouTube videos, and there's this one particular YouTube video channel that he likes to watch. It's called Ryan's Toy Reviews. Any parents ever heard of that before? And I don't really get it. I don't understand like the whole Ryan's thing is this little boy and he likes to take these toys and open them up and play with them and I don't get it but a lot of people do get it because last I checked there was like 20 million subscribers to his channel just just crazy and so my son he likes to watch he likes to watch Ryan on YouTube and when he's watching Ryan here's what he likes to do he doesn't want it to be like the full screen mode what he likes is he likes it to be the little screen up in the corner you know what I'm talking about and the reason he likes that is because even at three years old, he's figured out how to work the computer. And what he wants is he wants all the other suggested videos over on the side, right? So that when the video on the screen is not the one he likes, he can kind of choose whichever one he likes. Well, one day I came home and I decided, man, he's been watching way too much Ryan and all that stuff on YouTube. And, you know, we're pastors. And so we got to teach our kids about the Bible. So here's what we'll do. We'll let some videos teach them the Bible, you know. And so we have this thing at our church called Right Now Media, and so I thought, hey, I'm going to put him on Right Now Media. He can watch some Bible videos, like, you know, Veggie Tales and stuff like that, teach him about the Bible, and so I put the video on. I had it in full screen mode. I said, here, buddy, here's a new uh, show for you to watch. He watched it for a second. He looked at me and said, Dad, this is not Ryan. And I said, I know it ain't Ryan, but this is what you're watching right now. And so he watched for a second, and he looked at me, and he said, Dad, I want choices. And what he was talking about was he was talking about, I want the little options on the side, right? And so I was like, okay, well, maybe we can figure out how to do it. So I took it out of full screen mode, and I put it on a smaller screen mode with some options down along the bottom. I said, bud, there's some choices down there. He watched it for a second. He looked at me, and he said, I want better choices. (laughs) And isn't that how a lot of us live our lives? Like, like we want to follow God, but we also kind of, we want to keep the windows open so that we have our options. Like, you know, I don't want to go all in with God. I don't want to go full screen with God. I want to have this other thing over here on the side so that if I decide that God's not leading me the way that I want to lead him, I can always try out this other option. And yet God says, hey, here's what I really want. I want every part of you. I want you to settle it in your heart Today, I'm closing the windows. I'm putting, I'm putting all that I have into him. In fact, it reminds me of, a, of this time when Jesus had 
all these followers that were following him, and he was doing these miracles, feeding the 5,000, healing the sick, and people just began to follow him around. But then he began to teach, and as he began to teach, he began to say a few things that were a little bit kind of hard to hear, things like, I want all of your life, and I want you to take up your cross and follow me, and I want you to leave everything else and go all in with me. And when he did that, people began to kind of stop following him, and Jesus noticed, and so he looked at, at Peter and the other disciples, and he said, what about you guys? Are you guys going to leave me too? And I want you to see what Peter says in John chapter 6 and verse 68. Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? I mean, you have the words of eternal life. And we have come to believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. Peter, in other words, goes, hey, we don't have any other options. We've closed all the other windows. We're going full screen, all in with you. There are no better choices. Some of you today, man, you're at that point of decision. And you need to decide in your heart that you're going to Settle the issue. So everybody say settle the issue. Number two, write this down. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to not just settle the issue. We're going to surrender our lives. Everybody say surrender. We're going to surrender. We're going to give it all to him. In fact, I love the way Paul says it in this passage in Romans chapter 6 and verse 13. Look what he says. He says, give yourself what? Everybody say it out loud. Give yourself completely to God. For you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument of doing what is right for the glory of God. I want you to notice a couple of words that Paul uses there. He uses the word whole and completely. What is he saying? He's saying God doesn't want a part of your life. You know what he wants? All of it. He don't want 10%. He don't want 20%. He don't want 50% or 90%. You know what he wants? 100% of your life. Yeah, so many of us, we, we got these little slices, you know. It's like, it's like the, the, the big pie chart, you know, in middle school where you got, you know, you got that little part of your life where it's like, hey, I got my social life and then I got my home life and then over here is my church life and my spiritual life and, you know, I might have my sex life and my relationship life and I got all these different parts of my life and yet I'm going to keep a couple of these slices. God, you can have a couple slices, but then there are other parts that I kind of want to keep for myself. In fact, some of us, is kind of a partially surrendered life. Like some of you, you're, like your theme verse of your life is Proverbs 3 and 5. And, and your theme verse is from the PSV. I call that the partially surrendered version. And here's how it goes. It goes something like this. Trust in the Lord with some of your hearts and lean completely on your own understanding. In some of your ways, acknowledge God, and then you can make your own path. Is that what it says? Not at all. In fact, for those of you that don't know that partially surrender version, that's not a real version. What's the real version say? It says this, trust in the Lord with what? Everybody say it, with all, all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding, but in what? In all your ways, acknowledge Him. And what will happen? He will direct your path. See, some of you have been holding on to some pieces of your life, and God's saying, I don't want a slice of the pie. I want the whole pie. If you like me and you like, you know, Mexican food, he's saying, I want the whole enchilada. I want every bit of it. Surrender it all. In fact, I would just challenge you today to take an evaluation of your life. Maybe there are some of you, there are some areas of your life you're, you're holding back. Maybe you're saying, you know, hey, God, 
you can have this part of my life, but you know what? This other part, I, I don't know if I can surrender. Like maybe for some of you, it's in, in the area of your finances and you're going, hey, I'm going to trust God in some areas, but man, you know, I know I ought to be bringing my first 10% to God and trusting God with my tithes and my giving, but man, that's kind of hard for me to do. And so I, I'll hold on to that part. Or maybe some of you, it's like, you know, I know there's this relationship that I probably shouldn't have. There's this guy that I'm dating, and I know he's probably not really good for me, and we're doing some stuff that I know we probably shouldn't do. And, you know, God, I'll give you some of my life, but I don't really know if I want to give you that part. Maybe some of you, it's some habits and some things you know I need to give that over to God. Maybe some of you, it's some hurts and some, some bitterness and some things that you've held down from things that people have done. And you're like, man, you know, I know God forgave me and I should forgive them, but you don't know what they have done to me. I don't know if I can really give that to God. In fact, some of you are here and you're going, man, if I'm going to live like this, that means I'm going to have to rearrange my whole life around God. Yes, that's what I'm saying. But I'm going to settle the issue. I'm going to surrender my life. Number three, write this down. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to say yes. Everybody say yes. 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 I'm going to be a person who's going to say, God, I've settled it. I belong to you. My life is not mine, it's yours. And I have surrendered every part of my life. And God, here's my answer to you. Whatever you say to me, here's my answer. My answer is yes. Even if I don't know what the question is. Even if I don't like what you're asking me to do. I've settled it in my heart. I've surrendered my life. And God, whatever you say to do, I'm going to do it. My answer is yes. In fact, I love this, this passage of Scripture in Second Chronicles or, uh, chapter 16 and verse 9. Look what it says. It says, For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose what? Everybody say it. Whose hearts are fully committed to Him. Man, I love that verse because I picture God up in heaven looking around, looking, looking at our lives, and, and he's looking at us not to find our faults and to, you know, sometimes we get this thing in our mind that God's looking down from heaven so that he can see when we mess up and just, you know, lightning bolt, just zap us. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says God is actually looking down from heaven to bless and to strengthen us. But only for those who, what does it say? Whose hearts are fully committed to him. Guys, if we really got this in our heart, we would realize that, man, if God is looking to bless and to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him, then what would our answer be? Our answer would be, God, I am fully committed to you. Whatever you ask me to do, my answer is yes. If I really believed in my heart that God is looking down to bring blessings and strength to those who are fully committed to him, you know what I'm going to do? Man, I'm going to go home, and I'm going to get up on top of my house, and I'm going to get a big old paint roller and a big old bucket of paint, and I'm going to paint a big old Y-E-S on top of my house so that when God looks down, he goes, hey, there's that Chad Benson's house, and I know his answer to me. I know his heart is fully surrendered and committed to me, and so I'm going to bring blessings and strength to his life. 
Some of you, you got to get it in your heart. You got to decide today, man. My answer is yes. Some of y'all, you're going to go to the store, the mall today. You're going to get one of those one of those flat brim hats, you know, the ones that the kids wear. And you're going to get embroidered on that hat, Y-E-S. And you're going to wear it around everywhere you go so that God can look down and go, there's my child, there's my son, there's my daughter whose heart is fully surrendered to me. I'm going to bring blessings and strength on their life. Some of you are going to go down to the barbershop. You're going to get it just right in, in your hair. You're going to shave it out there, Y-E-S, so that God can see you. Some of you are like, I ain't got no hair up there. All right, get you a tattoo up there that says Y-E-S. Yes, God, I will follow you wherever you want me to go. Man, NCC, that's the answer God's looking for. He wants to bring strength and blessing to you. In fact, today as I was driving, I was so excited as I saw the new building going up. Come on, how many are excited about the steel going up? And I know how long of a process that has been and been talking to Pastor Aaron about it. And as I was driving up, I thought, you know what they need to do? They need to change their plans on that. They need to get the painter to get up on top of that new building and paint a big old Y-E-S on the top. So that when God looks down, he says, there's new community church. And I know their answer to me. Whatever I call them to do, they have settled the issue. They have surrendered their lives. And their answer is... Yes. And I'm telling you, the difference it'll make in your life. Some of you are afraid to surrender your life to God because you've got plans that you have made and you're afraid, man, if I give it to God, He's going to mess up my plans. But here's what I want you to know. His plans are so much better than yours. And that was the lesson that the toys learned in the story. Man, they thought I could live my own way, do my own thing. But what they learned after all the adventure of the story, after being beaten up and broken and literally going into, into the incinerary, in the end they finally made it back to Andy. And they discovered that Andy had a great plan for them. Check it out. Maybe some of you, maybe you've thought, man, if I give my life to God, I don't, I don't know where that's going to lead. Maybe you've been afraid to surrender your life, your plans to Him. But here's what i got to tell you. God's plan is so much better than your plan. Maybe some of you have thought, man, I've messed it up. I've tried to live my own way and God would never accept me back. Maybe some of you are like that, that son in that story who found himself in the middle of the, the pigsty. Wondering, does anybody care? Does anybody love me? But you know what the Bible says? The Bible says in that moment he came to his senses. And he remembered how much the father loved him. And he thought to himself, I could go home and if I go home at least the father would let me be a servant or a slave in his house. And so he picked himself up and he brought himself back to the father's house. And when he got there, what he thought was going to happen is not what happened. In fact, the father loved him too much to say be a servant or a slave in my house. But instead the Bible says that the father welcomed him with open arms. The Bible says they threw a party. They took the family ring. They put it on his finger. They took, they took the family robe and put it on upon his back and they celebrated to say my son has come home. There's some of you, man, you've lived it your own way. You've done your own thing. You found yourself 
hurting and broken. You've wondered, does God even care? You've wondered, does God have a plan? You've wondered, is it too late for me? But here's what i got to tell you today. All you got to do is turn back to God. You come to a place where you settle the issue. You surrender your life. You say, God, I'm giving you my yes. My whole life belongs to you. And here's what you're going to discover. He's got a better plan than you ever dreamed. In fact, Jesus said it like this. If you try to hold on to your life, if you try to live your life your way, you're going to lose it. But here's what he said. The way to truly find life is to give it up, to surrender, to lose it for my sake.